I am your host, Neil Ronahan, and this is episode 14. That's uh, uh, one more than a baker's dozen. And uh, as usual, we have the regular gang. We got the, you know, the, the paleontologist with the mostest, Zach Miller. Yes. Hey, and, you know what? Actually, and, uh, on that subject, today a colleague from Canada, <laughs> a colleague from Canada, when I got home today, uh, there was a thing in the mailbox. It's the original description from 1950 of Pachyrhinosaurus canadensis. I have no You're idea what you just me. said. And that voice that you just heard is the, the soothing tones of Andy Gergen. Hello, y'all. I'm bringing it down a little bit this evening. And, bring it, bring uh, it on down. Well, well, Zach, let's give you a little time. Plug plug your little uh, your dino podcast. Oh, hell yeah! yeah. Uh, folks, um, I have started a new podcast um, with two friends, uh, two colleagues here in Alaska who all love dinosaurs. And if you like paleontology or science in general, uh, it's going to be a monthly podcast monthly podcast it's called dino rama and right now it's not on itunes but if you go to uh you know what screw it just just go onto the forums the nintendo world report forums andy maybe you can pop the link into the show notes i would be happy to okay uh it's all right it's, so look uh, at, the, look at yeah. the show notes for dino rama yeah and uh we're, we're gonna hop right into news stories here and then we got some what you're reviewing with uh Red Steel 2 and Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and the game that everyone's been waiting for, Room's the main building. <laughs> and then we will talk about the new releases and, you know, talk about some other stuff as well. Heck yeah. But let's start off with the, the biggest news story to hit in a while, as it's been dead as dead as dirt right now, uh, like the past week or two. Like, I was basically gone for last week, and I missed nothing. Nothing. But there was a, there was a leak, um, or not even a leak, it was just a random announcement by Nintendo of Japan that announced the next handheld system, the Nintendo 3DS, which apparently it's going to be in 3D. It's going to keep the same two-screen setup, and the 3D will not require glasses. There's rumors about there might be some kind of analog stick attached. Um, is there anything else that I'm missing? You know, they basically said it's, it's going to be out before the end of fiscal year 20, 2011, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that that pretty much that, that that paves the way for it coming out most likely uh, fall holiday season this year in Japan and either the same for North America and everywhere else or Actually, early 2011. Actually, I think it was and, 20. It was end of fiscal year 2010 because that yeah, ends, which is I think March, March of March 2011. 2011, 2011 right? Uh, because it's, and there it, and it will weird. be at E3 this June. Yes, and that's that's when we'll next hear about it because Nintendo is a bunch of bastards and they're holding out. We've barely them. even they're, heard about it. Like was it, this wasn't even like a press release. It was just sort yes, of. Yes, it was. It was like it was like re like reply like Nintendo's new handheld. Like that is literally what it was. Yeah, it was the weirdest. It's, it's it's the weirdest announcement long. of a, it's the weirdest announcement of new hardware I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the the craziest thing is that it's it's going to be 3D without glasses. Which I, I mean, to me, it's... here's the thing about this announcement: they don't put out bad hardware at Nintendo, so something's got to give because I can't I, don't, I can't imagine this is going to be awesome. But it kind of has to be awesome because they put out awesome hardware. I, I don't know. Like I, I find it really hard to believe this is going to be that impressive, but maybe it will be. I don't know. I mean, my, my other the the other thing that's notable is that it's going to be compatible with everything DS and DSi related. Um, that's I big. really hope that all the DSiWare games will be able to be somehow transferred onto it, or else then, uh, <laughs> as much as I would probably want to get it, 
Yeah, no. that would be that would be that would be ridiculous. If they want you to move on to the 3DS, they have to they have to make that happen. Well, they don't really not. have that infrastructure in place. They're going to have to come up, come up with some sort of like a one time solution. Yeah. yeah. But you're, I agree. Like, if they don't want to immediately kill sales of the three of the 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 DSi. They're going to have to like announce some sort of migration program, yeah. Uh, because no one's going to buy a, a DSI just for DSiWare if you know the next system is not going yeah, to. Yeah, the new hotness is already out. I mean, DSi right. really just seems like that incremental bullshit step that, that they've made before, like with the Game Boy Micro. That I mean, I mean, it does add things, but I just feel like it didn't really add that much, and you don't really see any DSi exclusive games anyway outside of no. the DSiWare yeah. titles and System Flaw. And we're which, now, yeah. holy fucking yeah. daw! I played System Flaw. You're not missing much. And there's there's supposed to have been a virtual console by now. Yeah, yeah, the DSi virtual console. I actually remember hearing. Uh, I was talking to people at Last E3, and there were a couple people, like uh, not just one person, but a couple people that all heard of this this rumored video that was supposed to be shown at the Nintendo press conference, but never was, that basically was, here's the DSi Virtual Console. Look, it's Pokemon Red and Blue, and pretty much yeah. everything else that you love. Hmm. But, obviously, that's that hasn't happened, and at this point, I don't think it will, or it at might, least anytime soon. It might happen on, on the 3DS, but I'm not going to hold yeah. my breath. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't know hardware specs in this thing. I, I read somewhere in a forum, which means it's totally reliable that it's going to have hardware similar to a GameCube, uh, well, which I could, cool. I could see that it's, yeah. you know, it's been what, five years since the PSP It'll came be out. It'll about like a GameCube and a half duct taped together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been five years okay. since the PSP came out and the PSP is kind of For all intents and purposes somewhat. a PS2. Right. It's, I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's not that far off either. Uh, so it's not that hard to imagine they, they could, you know, put GameCube level, you know, visuals on, on a handheld, um, so with that in mind, what what do you guys imagine the price point's going to be? Because the Wii will the Wii will still be out, and it'll still be the main the main console for Nintendo, and that'll still be at two hundred or perhaps even less by then. I think it'll be two hundred dollars. You think it'll be two hundred? I, I think two hundred dollars yes. is the the highest they will go. I agree. See, I'm thinking it'll, I'm thinking it'll be more like around two twenty. I don't think they'll go as high as two fifty, but but if, if they're willing, I think, I think if they're willing I think, to price the, the, the DSi iPod, XL like at one eighty nine. Apple has proven that. One ninety nine is is a fantastic price. Yeah, and I it's mean, a handheld. I, historically, Nintendo's never even. I I think the DSi XL is the the highest price point for any Nintendo yeah, handheld the, ever. The DS came out at one fifty, right? And then uh, the DSi yeah, was one seventy. So. Yeah. Um, if the DSi XL stays at its current price point until the three DS launches, that's going to seem like. It's going to make the, the the DSi XL seem even more overpriced, or by comparison, sure. it'll it make the 3DS seem cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I already think it's overpriced. But... I mean, I mean, we're, we're leaving out the really ridiculous thing is that this announcement or this whatever you want to call it, like the email from Iwata or whatever the hell it is, it came less than a week before the North American release of the DSi yeah. XL, yeah. yeah, which makes no sense. Uh, do, you, do you guys either? Do you guys get the impression that they didn't want this information to get out, but once it got out, they just didn't make any attempt to hide it? I, I mean, because it's not like, I think outside of this statement, Nintendo hasn't even commented about it no. like, publicly. There's been no press release. There's been nothing on their, their website, really, that I can tell. Yeah. Except well, for I also think this was only this meant release. for Japanese eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's probably true, yeah. But they, they did because... put it, but they put up an English version of it, an English language version of it. Yeah. But I think, I think uh, like, uh, I have a feeling that may have been a response, just so they could clear up any misconceptions. Because I know yeah. Kotaku and probably some other sites originally 
posted that we use glasses. Because yeah. I don't think their translation was correct. Which, that would uh, be mad, mad props to James Charlton and Matt Walker, or I believe James Charlton was the person who translated it. Yeah. But uh, mad props to both of them. Those for, guys for do a bang up job. It properly. It's nice to have. It's nice to have uh, those guys on staff. Those yeah, guys do an you, excellent you, job. You may not see their name uh, behind too many articles, but they're there behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. almost always. So we uh, we checked the forum for for comments on uh, this new story. Zach, you want to take it away? Sure. Uh, I like this first comment by Brandog. So basically, I just shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much that pretty much says it all. I mean, I, I don't know. Totally I, on I'm, left field. That's what it was. I'm, I'm more bewildered than I am yeah. excited. It's not that I'm not excited. I'm always excited for a new for a new uh, hardware announcement from Nintendo. It's always exciting, but I'm just bewildered. But I mean, let's. I'm going to be honest. I don't have a great track record with my, you know, my hardware predictions. I didn't really predict the DS would do all that well either, and I was so very wrong about that. Uh, you know, I, I had very low expectations going into the DS. I really thought it was going to be a flop, and clearly uh, I was wrong. So I'm willing to take, you know, this, this announcement with, with a grain of salt, and we'll, mm. just, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not really going to make any grand sweeping predictions on this thing. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, but, man, I'm, I'm, I am bewildered. That's about the best word I can think of for it. Um, reaching back to the forums, our, our own Jonathan Metz, uh, former director, staff alumni, uh, Radio Free Nintendo host, says, Regarding the 3DS, it is quite likely that many of the early games will be gimmicky crap as developers rush to get the product on the market before they fully understand the game design possibilities associated with the new features. It's happened with DS and Wii. It will happen again. It's part of the cycle at this point. As long as Nintendo keeps pushing boundaries like this, if you are really concerned about the initial crop of games, don't buy the system until it is more mature. Um, in, all, in all honesty, that doesn't even really bother me that much because I was one of those people that was there at the beginning of the DS and the beginning of the Wii. And while I'll admit that a lot of those early DS and Wii games don't hold up, I still, That's when I played them at the time, I enjoyed them a lot. Like Yoshi Touch and Go, I know some people in the forums will probably be like, oh, that's a piece of crap, and a lot of other people will be like, that's a gem. When I played that, I really, really enjoyed that game. I went back to play it about two years later, didn't like it at all. But at mm -hmm. the time, I really enjoyed it. Just how, like, all the mini games in Super Mario 64 DS were, were kind of cool at the time. It was, yeah, I mean, were. it's that very gimmicky, game. but um, it's still enjoyable, and it goes for the Wii, like, Rayman Raving Rabbids, the first one, was, was really entertaining when I first played it. If I went back and played it now, I'd probably be like, what the hell is this crap? So here's here's an interesting thought. This new hardware announcement actually lets us have a Virtual Boy virtual console. What do you think about that? <laughs> I would die for that. Ser I mean, seriously. I, I've been wanting are... to play some of, those, some of those Virtual Boy games for a long time. I, I occasionally try to hunt one down, but the price is never right. Do you have a Virtual Boy, Neil? No, no, no. I occasionally try to look for a system. Oh, I see. There was one time I was going to get one, but then I hesitated, and then next time I went to the store, it was That's gone. I mean, these yeah. are games that really haven't been recreated ever since they came out. Uh, yeah. So it'd be really, it would be a really fascinating piece of of, of historical entertainment to to kind of see some of those games get a second chance. Second I, th I think the life. Wario Land game is supposed to be really good. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. I've heard it's supposed to be very good. So, and I know they have a like Tellero Boxer. I think is supposed to be like Punch Out, which I'm totally there for. Anything to uh, the, the maybe this is their attempt to clear the bad name of the Virtual Boy by yeah. showing us all that the games were good to begin with. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, I think the Virtual Boy, like, I think there was there was decent content, albeit there's there's not really that much of it. It's just I think the problem was the fact that like it's a portable system that wasn't really portable, and I have a feeling that Nintendo's probably been looking at some way that they could make the Virtual Boy work ever since it flopped. And I think this is their this is their venue that yeah. once they probably found out about the technology to do 3D without wearing glasses, which is kind of they they tried to do that with the Virtual Boy, but it didn't quite work. I think if they if they have this technology and it works, and I mean we don't know much about it, so we can't really make conjectures about that. But if they have this technology and it works. I think it could be really cool. And I think the one thing that'll make it a little less like the, the gimmicky crap that, that John, Johnny mentioned with the Wii and DS is that this is still the same setup as the DS. It's just that there's 3D thrown in. It's kind of, I guess I could, I guess I, maybe it's more comparable to me. And this might be kind of make people less interested in the 3DS if they agree with me. Is that it's kind of more like the Motion Plus edition. Sure. As in, like, mm. you know, you'll, you can still have solid DS games come out for the 3DS because it's the same basic system. But you can also have games that take advantage of this new control method. You know, one of the things I'm curious about is if the um, the uh, 2D games, like, if they want to have a game that doesn't take advantage of 3D, like, if that, you know, how, I mean, the DS has lots of features, and you know how to take advantage of all of them. If the developer wants to make a, a, a normal 2D game on, on the 3DS... Is it going to look okay? I mean, you take off your glasses in a in a 3D theater and it looks kind of crappy. I mean, you can see it, yeah. but it looks kind of crappy. So I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen when they try to make just a normal 2D game on the system. I mean, is every game going to be 3D, or are there games that are not going to take advantage of it? I mean, these are the kind of things we don't know yet, and I'm kind of curious. So let's move on to the next story, as I'm sure we're we're all excited to see more of the 3DS, but unfortunately we won't hear anything else out until June, most likely. Yeah. So in conclusion, Assume, we know we know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think there will probably be another leak or something as we get closer to E3, yeah. but yeah. right now I'm not expecting to hear any information. But next up we have uh, new stories relating to Super Mario Galaxy 2, which is still set for that May 23rd release date that I'm sure we're all very excited for. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first bit of news is that it's going to use the Super Guide, which was introduced in New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Uh, basically, the way that system works, for those unaware, is that it, if you're having difficulty with the stage, or at least the New Super Mario Bros. Wii, you would be able to hit a box at the beginning of the level, and then in computer-controlled Luigi would finish the level, and you could jump in whenever you wanted to. Um, this was confirmed by Bill Trinan of, Nin of Nintendo of America on an episode of Game Trailers TV, and he said, this time around they're looking at trying to find a way to take advantage of it, maybe improve on, maybe something a little different than what was done in New Super Mario Bros. Wii, but I think it's something you can look forward to. So what do you guys have to say about the, the Super Guide in Super Mario Galaxy 2? I'm not surprised they implemented it. I'm, I'm pretty curious as to see how they're going to implement it. I think it's going to be a little harder to just have a computer guy take over the, the the you know control of the level and play it for you. It's a little easier on a two D game than it is on a, on a three D game. Um, doesn't mean they can't do it. I just don't know if it's going to be quite as easy to implement. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't have a problem with with the idea of the super guide. I I kind of it's hard for me to wrap my head around ever wanting to use it because I'm not the kind of player who would want to use it so I, I think there was there was one level in the new super mario brothers Wii that i triggered it did you I, i've seen the block a few yeah. times but i've never i didn't use it but right. i saw the block i've triggered, right. I triggered yeah. it once when i was trying to get a coin I, I kept killing myself so i could get the coin yeah same here okay like yeah i just i can't see myself ever using it so it's hard for me to wrap my head around the idea of it being there I, it doesn't really apply to me i guess 
Um, but I, it's not a bad idea. It's nice that they're kind of throwing throwing a bone to the, to the kind of gamer who doesn't want to kill themselves on a stage. You know, some some of those harder stages, like those purple coin stages in the first Mario Galaxy. Oh my god! Like I wouldn't, the Luigi, you know, I, the Luigi one with the shrinking blocks. I wouldn't yeah. mind, you know, because I've I've been known to hit up a YouTube page here and there, a YouTube video to see how someone else does a level. But that doesn't mean I don't want to go back and still do it myself. Exactly. Um, I mean, I basically have my own super guide, and then I have a friend who's very, very good at video games, and he's much <laughs> better at video games than I am. So I'll be like, um, actually, I mean, funny story, which I guess he, he played the role of my super guide when I was reviewing Punch-Out! last year, and that, like, basically how I how I played that game was over the span of three nights. I think, I think yeah, because I got it early because they had an event in New York City. But over a span of three nights, we would just sit down and just plow through the game, passing the controller around. And I know in the, the last couple guys, like, I would try, try as I might, but I'm just not as good at games as he is. And then I'd just watch him beat. I'd be like, good job, all right, try the next guy. <laughs> I had a friend beat Guitar Hero 3 for me. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this really applies to us, but even still, I think it's a, I think it's a solid addition. I think it's a cool addition because... It applies to that every gamer, like, you know, anyone who wants to pick up a controller and play. I will be interested to see how they, like, record a playthrough in 3D. Yeah. And I wonder if it'll still be Luigi, or will it be like Wario? I imagine it will. Yeah, I think they'll probably keep it fairly similar to the way it worked in uh, New Mario Wii. But... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I th I th it's not a bad idea. I'm I'm kind of glad that they're establishing sort of a an out to make their games more difficult. And I don't know if that's actually what's going to happen with this, but it gives them the opportunity to make their games more difficult without alienating people. Yeah. Um, no, it's, well, it's it's good ingenuity. I think it's good design. Yeah. Well, I I, I think that the um, this will go along with the the streamlinedness of Super Mario Galaxy Two because it will. Feature a world map, I assume, more akin to New Super Mario Brothers Wii than the 3D hub that was in Super Mario Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is the the first 3D Mario game to not have a hub, and it was confirmed by Shigeru Miyamoto, in which he said, uh, "You can think of it in terms of something similar to Super Mario World or New Super Mario Brothers Wii, where you will have a rather convenient m map to navigate." That's, um, he, they that's, want they want players to focus on the joy of the action instead of getting to each game course. We wanted to make it as accessible as possible and as easy as possible for the players. And because we're going to incorporate a number of different stars and conquering all the stars is going to be one of the most challenging missions for the player, we want them to understand as easy as possible where they should go next and which places they should go back to in order to get access to the remaining stars. Okay, that's fine, but... It's not like the hub world in Mario Galaxy 1 was huge and complicated. It was confusing, though. Was it? Because you wouldn't know... Well, I mean, like, I remember, especially when I was going for those purple coins at the end, which I actually didn't finish until about a week before New Super Mario Bros. Wii, in which, in order to know where they were, I would have to go to that big map where Rosalina was right. and check where they are. And because they change every level that you beat, yeah, the, the I would comments. have to go back there every time. And okay, I mean, that's only one aspect of the game, but even still, it, it's it's a little obnoxious. Okay, and I but know... wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have a like Super Mario 64-esque hub world or a Super Mario Sunshine hub world where the hub world itself is a course? I love that kind of design. No, I, 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 I agree, but... 
just judging off of Super Mario Galaxy, which, you know, this is a sequel to, I, I would prefer to just have a world map. And I personally, I don't really have a problem with that. I think it's lazy. That's just I, me. That's just me. Careless. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually kind of liked the uh, the hub world in Mario Galaxy 1. I didn't think it was that confusing, except for the comments. Yeah. The comments were a bit confusing because... You yeah, back- I, I, liked, I liked how you uncovered new parts of the hub world sure, in Mario Galaxy. Sure. It just got confusing to navigate because you didn't know which stars were where. And also because that had a different design structure than, than Super Mario 64, in which Super Mario 64, you could see, all right, there's that many stars there. Yeah. Whereas in yeah. Super Mario Galaxy, you would go one star at a time. I didn't like the fact that they gave you an awesome power-up that you could only use in the hub world. Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, kind that of was blue. dumb. Yeah. But yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what the what the world map is going to look like. If it's going to be a top-down 2D thing like we've seen before, or if it's going to be a more fleshed-out kind of overworld like you might see in, I don't know, like a Zelda game. Like he says, world map, and we automatically think of of you know Mario 3 or or New Mario. Well, well Wii, Miyamoto but... did say that it's going to be like Super Mario World. Yeah, but I can't picture what. I can't picture the the Mario World map working in a 3D Mario game. I'm not saying I you can. couldn't do it. I'm not <laughs> saying you couldn't do it that way. I'm just saying they could make it way more awesome. Um, to be fair, I think the Super Mario World map, how it changes based on your actions, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I wish sure. they'd done that in New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I agree. There was, I, I felt like the world maps, I mean, visually they were kind of cool, and I liked how you know they would go in different directions, but... You were still just going in a straight line, even if they tried to trick you into going left. I guess, you know, one of the things is that, like, in, you know, in Mario Galaxy 1 and in previous Mario 3D games, you've had multiple stars per, per course. And, you know, the Mario maps in Mario Wii and Mario DS and Mario 3 and Mario World, they've all been really linear without a lot of backtracking. So, uh, I mean, there's been some backtracking to get your, you get your, 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 your star, your, your coins, but, but really, like, I don't see a way that the Mario maps we've seen in Mario 3 and Mario World lend themselves to playing the same level five or six times. You know what I'm saying? Unless maybe, well, unless maybe they're going to replace coins each planet with stars. might be a world. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to work. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I don't know that what I'm picturing as like the Mario 3 and Mario World overworld map is going to work quite the same way. So I know. I'm, I'm pretty sure what they've had in the demos. I mean, this is only from, I think, some of the footage that I saw, and I caught glimpses of this, or at least pictures or something, where I think it was just like they'd have the planet. It, it was basically be just a screen where you'd have a couple planets on the screen, and then you'd just select a planet, and then you'd go to that level. Yeah. So it was kind okay. of just literally like a menu interface, which wow. I don't know if that's what's going to be in the final game, because I remember uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, the demo at E3, that just had a list of like like the, the levels like they are in a battle mode yeah. set up there. As I hope Rosalina's still in the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure she is. I do too. I really hope it's at PAX East, which we'll, we'll talk more about that later. I'm sure but, it will uh, be. Let's, let's read uh, Megabyte, our own Aaron Kalutska's comment about this. He said, uh, Galaxy's hub was one of its flu- few flaws. I'm very happy to see this change. Galaxy 2 seems to focus on interesting level designs, so a map makes it much quicker to get to the point. Yeah. And as someone, I mean, he, he's played Super Mario Galaxy 2, so... I think his opinion is probably the most credible one out of all of us. Oh, Fine. we all hate you, Aaron. I do. He played Metroid as well. Yeah. Oh, bitch. I hate him more. Fine. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I, I completely agree with him, as, as I'm sure you all know, and I'm sure, Zach, you disagree with him. But yeah. I, think, I, don't I, think, think it was, I don't think it was a flaw. I don't think the Galaxy Hub was a flaw at all. 
I, I just think, I think it was a flaw. For, I think it was a flaw for the purple coins, which okay, that, are yeah, probably I'll, one I'll of the more frustrating points of the game. For that completely optional part of the game, <laughs> I agree. And I also think that the the hub is inferior to both of the other hubs that they had. Yeah, that much I will agree with. Yeah, and I, I mean that that's the reason why I'm okay with them going away from it because the most recent one was worse than the ones before it. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So let's move on to the quick hits, because uh, there's not really that much news, but we still managed to talk for an ass-load long time. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have um, we don't have much else to go over. So yeah. yeah. First up, uh, Nintendo's Nintendo is interested in future Kid Icarus titles, according to Yoshio Sakamoto. Um, I believe he mentioned something during GDC, in which. He, I mean, I, I think Nintendo's stance is that... He said if players that, are interested, if gamers are interested in Kid Icarus, let us know. We're not against yeah. it. Yeah, so Which, apparently they haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I'm not really that interested in a new Kid Icarus game. The original game kind of sucks. But it could I, be I, like, I, like I mean, imagine game. a 3D Nyx Quest. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really, like, Nyx Quest was as much Kid Icarus as I ever cared to be. That's true, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I Kid Icarus game. was all that different from, from Metroid on any on NES, and Metroid turned out okay as yeah. they evolved it, so, yeah. you know, yeah, you, I mean, you, take the, you take the base game and you just evolve it so it's not quite so brutally hard and a little more friendly, and I think you, you, still, have, you still have a lot of potential there in, in the intellectual property. Uh, I wouldn't take it straight to 3D. I think I would probably do a, a WiiWare sequel. Or maybe oh, a DS yeah. sequel. I wouldn't bring it into 3D, at least not yet. Um, it took them a long time to figure out how to do Metroid in 3D. It should take them yeah. a long time to figure out how to do any of their franchises in 3D. They should, um, they should turn it into a uh, Sin and Punishment kind of game. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know about that, but I can kind of see like you floating around the screen shooting arrows yeah. towards, towards the distance. Well, I mean, especially during like, the, the, uh, the shooter parts of the game. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. I really, I, I would like to see Nintendo try their hand, or at least get someone else to try their hand in a Kid Icarus game. But yeah. I mean, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I probably won't really care. Yep, yeah. same here. But uh, and our and our final quick hit is New Super Mario Brothers Wii is now the top selling Wii title in Japan. Which, well done. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a worthy game, and it did it in kind of record time. I think Wii Sports was the reigning champ, which yeah, wasn't a packing game there. Yeah, it wasn't a packing game though, so it does count. That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In North America, that doesn't count because it's like, how many Wii's did did we sell? Okay, that's how many copies of Wii Sports we right. sold. Right. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's. I feel like every, every episode we have some sort of tip of the hat of like, New Super Mario Brothers Wii is selling a crap ton. Yeah. I actually still have to find a few star coins in that game. Yeah, I, I kind of gave up after I played the first bonus level and was just like, that's it. But apparently, I know the, last, the bonus levels the, are kind of like. Apparent, apparently, the last like two or three are awesome, but right. I mean that's that's the hardest ones to get. I expected craziness in the vein of the Star World. Yeah, but that's not what you got. Koopa's wearing Mario hats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our next part, which is what you're reviewing. And for the first start of this, I'm going to pass off my headset to my lovely fiance, Lauren Lewandowski. Uh, and she's going to talk about Hudson's rooms, the main building. So uh, don't be don't be too hard on her. Hey everyone. Hey Lauren. Oh my gosh, this is really loud. Well, I'm sorry. sorry. No, it's not your fault. Oh uh, well, that's <laughs> fine. All right, Neil's just deaf apparently. Okay, so I've been playing rooms, the main building. 
Um, but I've been playing it on DS. I haven't been playing it on Wii. I played it on Wii at um, at 47com. So you were given a personal demo of the of the game. Yes, I was, and Basically. that was um, it was it's complicated when you just you know you're just handed a Wii remote and you're like oh here play it. The DS game it explains it a lot more. You know, okay. um, it just it's more organic to learn it. It's like a sliding puzzle, you know, the little ones you get when you're really little. And oh, yeah. those are impossible to start with. So yeah, these are, so. I, I'm on the second building. There's five buildings, five mansions. I'm on the second one right now. And it's fairly simple. There have been a couple that stumped me for a couple minutes, but pretty much everyone I've been getting through in like a minute and a half. And, um, are the, is this a DSiWare game or is this retail? This is retail. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's on, it's on both Wii and DS. Do, do you remember if the Wii and DS games are like the same thing? Like, in terms of the content, yeah, yeah, they're pretty much the same. Pretty much yeah. the same thing, huh? Yeah, um, this is um. So I'm not sure how they vary yet. We haven't gotten a chance to play the Wii game, but I've been playing the DS one. I, I like it a lot. There's also nice little like side things, like you have you pick up pieces throughout the thing, like a little hammer or a uh, a crispy wood chip, and I take the crispy wood chip to the hotel, and inside the hotel is a sleeping box that likes to eat crispy wood chips. This, this sounds like Resident Evil. <laughs> I guess so. I, I fed the box. I fed the treasure chest that I was sleeping. I hit it with a hammer. I woke it up. I fed it a crispy wood chip, and it told me it liked them. <laughs> this Wake is up, you stupid happened. box, and eat this wood chip. Uh, I, I remember. I remember. I remember talking to Neil a couple a couple of episodes ago about this, and thinking it sounded very bizarre. It is kind of really bizarre. The guys. The the main character's name is Mister X. He talks to a book. And the book tells this him to get stuff, evil. so he... Isn't, he, isn't the book called, like, Mr. Stuff. Book or something? Yeah, he's called Mr. Book. And Mr. X goes up to Mr. Book and is just like, here, I found this, and, like, dumps, like, an enormous puzzle piece and is like, what do you want me to do with it? And <laughs> I don't know if that's his tone, but it definitely sounds like it. He's, like, got, like, a trench coat and long hair, so I can only assume that he has this very arrogant attitude. And I think that adds a lot to, <laughs> to this, to this in-depth story. His name, and, wait a second, his name is Mr. Book? Well, the book's name is Mr. Book. Oh, the the bo man oh, okay. is named Mr. X. Oh, I see. Okay, I was going to try and make a Dark City joke, but nobody would get it, and uh, I was wrong. Oh, yeah, well, the book is named Mr. Book. All right. So Mr. X brings Mr. Book these things, and Mr. Book is like, wow, that looks kind of like you should bring it here. There's also a subway, and the subway brings you between hotel rooms. Okay. Not between different parts of a city, but between hotel rooms. And I don't know why there would be a subway in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one part of the story so far that I just have a problem with trying to figure out. That's Everything the one else, thing I can, that's too weird, yeah. I can suspend my imagination that, like, I feed a, a treasure chest, a crispy wood chip, and it gives me a puzzle piece. I just don't understand a subway going between a ho between hotel rooms. That is too much, yeah. It is a little much. It must be a very wide hotel. I guess so. It doesn't look like it in the game because it has to fit on the DSi screen. That's so. true. <laughs> oh, speaking of fitting onto the DSi screen, this is my my main complaint with the game is that you think about like what the sliding puzzle would look like. Yeah. Some of them are vertical, and they mm. don't fit on the screen. So you can oh. so they have like a picture of the whole thing on the top screen, but the bottom screen they only show like four six blocks at they show six boxes at a time. So if there's eight boxes, there's two on the top, and like you can get oh, there when you slide around. But you can't see it all at once, uh, except for the yeah, top screen. 
that's... But that, it just doesn't work with me. It's, it's yeah. diff more difficult like that, which I guess is the point of it. It's supposed to be more difficult. So Still, it's and just all... awkward. Yeah, it is. And all all the uh, the rooms that you go into, which are the sliding puzzles, they all have different star ratings for difficulty. I've only gotten to like one and a half or two stars right now. So that's why everything's been fairly easy and simple. Mm. Um, I'm going to be yes. honest, like, I've I've heard both you and Neil talk about this game now on separate occasions. I still can't picture, like, what, like, what this game is. I, I have, <laughs> the game seems really hard to, to, like, describe to someone. I don't know, I, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, I always get stuck with the games that are impossible to describe. Um, <laughs> I think you did like, a marvelous it's, job. It's, it's, it's like a sliding puzzle jigsaw thing a Mr. that features esoteric, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, some sort of like, ice, like, yeah, like es esoteric jigsaw sliding puzzle, obscure, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what what there is is like you start off on a, in a certain square, and you can move that square, you know, up, down, left, right, wherever there's an empty space. Okay. You can also walk between squares as long as there's not a wall in your way or the like an edge of a picture frame, and that's what it looks like. That's why I assume it is a wall, a door, a locked door. You can go through doors. You can't go through locked doors. Some of the doors are only you can go through one way. Which okay. makes it a little difficult. You can switch the boxes you're in with a phone. Some of the boxes have a phone in it. There'll be like two boxes per puzzle that have a phone. Not all puzzles, but some of them. And you have to use that phone to get to other ones and slide those around. There's a wardrobe that swaps the room with the other wardrobe. So you stay in the same square, but the room the, like the room you're in changes. Okay. Huh. So if you need to get to the right and you have a wall and there's a wardrobe in the room, you can swap the room you're in with a wardrobe using the wardrobe with a room that doesn't have a wall on the right and you can walk over. Uh, it makes a lot more sense when you're playing the game. Yeah, sure, sure. I actually just got to the part with the subway and now I can take the subway from one square to another square as long as they are on the same horizontal plane. The subway does not travel vertically. <laughs> okay. They make that very clear in the game. <laughs> which I think is just kind of a given. The subway cannot go vertically. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. You have to get, like, keys. There's also a candlestick and, like, a bomb, and you have to light the bomb with the candle, and it blows up a wall, but you can't be in the same room. And sometimes that also involves a wardrobe in the room, too, so you have to set it up right so that the bomb blows up in the correct square. Okay. Because the the wall is in the other square next to it. Huh. I made that mistake one time. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, uh... Lighting the lighting the bomb and then switch swapping it and then I'm stuck next to the lock and the bomb is across the puzzle blowing up. Nice. <laughs> is it is it text heavy or do they just give you a little bit between puzzles? Okay, it's text heavy, but it's weird because there's a button that's you know there's like a right button and then there's a down button that you can press and the down button continues what that person's saying and the right button just skips it. I didn't notice the the down button for a while, so I missed like the first like story and a half <laughs> and i was just like this makes that no sucks. sense because he'll just be like i found this mr book and mr book's like oh not not <laughs> even like oh he's just he's just like i think you should go to the mansion now and it's like what am i supposed to do with this thing i just dumped in front of you he'll dump like a hammer and be like here and the hammer is enormous because of the gra you know, it's, it's graphics i just think it's it's unproportional but it's, it's supposed to be that way <laughs> this game sounds like it'd be fantastic to play while you're drunk because nothing makes any sense and everything difficult. is hilarious. I think it would be so hard. You should well, take yeah, it to three, Lauren. Let, let me rephrase this. This game sounds like it'd be awesome to watch someone else play while you're drunk. Probably. Yeah. Because nothing, I, nothing, I nothing makes any sense that. and you can just laugh at the whole damn thing. Just get a bottle yeah. of champagne in that game and I think you'll be sad. 
<laughs> we all know I love my Corvell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds but, interesting. I think I may have to like at least like rent this on on Wii or or um, DS. I, I actually I played the Wii game at the office, and I I like the DS one better just because I feel like it controls easier because okay. the Wii uses um the motion sensor and oh, okay. point pointer control and the DS is obviously just a touch screen and I like that a lot more. Okay. For me it's a lot easier. You don't have to sit there, you know, you're ten feet away from the thing, moving the little Wii yeah. remote around trying to get it to, to line up perfectly and Sure. I, I prefer the DS game, but the graphics are a little funny because the hammers are huge and I don't know how that <laughs> works out in the Wii Wii game. <laughs> sure, sure. Well cool. That sounds Sounds interesting. I, I definitely want to give it a shot one of these days. It is. Like, I definitely didn't give it the justice it deserves. Um, It's very unique, and I think that's the best thing about it, is that you, you can't really say, okay, there's, like, another game out just like this. Yeah. 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 So, nice. Well, okay. cool. <laughs> that's Thanks a lot, Lauren. So I'm going to pass back off to Neil, all right? Okay. Have Bye. a good night. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, too. Bye. Bye. All right, so now I'm going to talk about Red Steel 2 which is uh, Ubisoft's sequel to their Wii launch title, but it's in no way similar to their original title, besides the fact that they both have the kind of, like, like samurai idea. But Red Steel 2 takes place in, like, this, this cool futuristic Western environment. Um, it uses Motion Plus, which is, which is really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I really, I was, I was floored by the game. I think it's I think it's fantastic. It's a first person shooter, uses motion plus, there's a lot of sword control. But the weird thing about it is that it's kind of more of a brawler than what you would expect. Because the like the shooting is kind of almost secondary, or at least the shooting goes hand in hand with the sword combat. And a lot of the moves that you learn are kind of like combo moves where like there's something where like you hit the A button and then swing down, then you'll do a move that'll like break an opponent's uh like that they can, you know, block your attacks and it'll break their block and not impact. <laughs> and, then, and then and then like if you slash then then you'll do a finisher move and some of the finisher moves are kind of cool there's there's one that's become like a kind of kind of my jam if you will it's called well they have uh, one of the one of the combo moves is called the shot in which you dodge to the side which is dodging it's just like a and then a tap of the, the analog stick in whatever direction and you dodge to the side and then you press b which fires the gun and then you'll fire the gun at them but if they're in a specific, uh, waiting for a finishing move, which you can tell when they're in a finishing move, because, like, a little icon will pop up on screen, and it can either be a downward slash if they're down on the ground, uh, a horizontal slash, or a thrust. And if it's a thrust, then if you hit A and then the B button, which is the shot, you'll go up to the person and, and shoot him in the head, or there's a different one for each gun. Like, for the machine gun that you get, which is called a Johnny gun, you will, uh, you'll butt the, hit the person with the butt of the gun, and then knock them down, and then just unleash like a round of of the machine gun on it. Nice. Is this less complicated cool. than you're making it sound? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> it's it's really I mean it's just it's really like the B button shoots, the A button dodges or initiates a combo, and everything else is just how you swing the remote. Okay. And I mean you know analog stick for control, a lot a lot like yadi da da. Um, all the combat there's there's a lock on mechanic mechanic which should pretty much remind you of Z targeting in, in okay. Zelda as pretty much every lock on mechanic does for me just because you know I grew up on Nintendo it's where that shit originated yeah. hell yeah except for sure, sure. anytime you enter a battle 
you automatically lock on if there's someone near you, and you can just switch between people with Z, which is, is integral, because if you think about it, you have the pointer on screen for the gun, and if you're swinging the damn remote around, you're going to lose your pointer. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of obnoxious when you're just exploring around. But, I mean, in combat, they, they remedy that by having the lock-on mechanic, which is really smart. There's, there's just a lot of smart design choices in this game. Like, with, with how the combat's easy to pick up, and they don't throw it all at you at once. They have a lot of tutorials throughout it, but it's, it's not that bad because it's a completely new concept to most people. You know, having this, this one-to-one yeah. sword control in a first-person shooter. And uh, well, it's, well, it's not actually one to one. That's that's the misconception that I should clear up is that it's not true one to one, or at least not all the time. But it works. That's the important thing. Like this might be what yeah. people expected when they first had Wii, but that obviously didn't happen with the Wii Remote because usually, even if, if if the game was like go to the right, you could usually just shake your hand and do it. In this one, you actually have to swing to the right, and like. It'll it'll fucking tire you out too because there's there's times where like to break certain kinds of armor like you need to fucking rear back and just whip it whip it around. Uh, it's, it's I just do a that lot of often. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> I always whip it around, but but I mean it's, just, it's 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 a really really good game. It's 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 a long one too. It's like ten hours. Like I actually reached a point about like five hours in where I was like, ah damn it, this is gonna be the final boss. And then it went on for another five five hours, and awesome. you couldn't tell. I wasn't I wasn't upset that it was continuing. I was really bummed out. I was like, oh, this is gonna end here, just because video games in general have just gotten me used to this fact of that games end before I want them to end. Sure, like, sure. This this yeah. game lasted pretty much the perfect length. I I reached the end of it, and I was happy to be there, and it was it was just a good experience. How how's the uh, how do the visual stack stack up? Visual, it's 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 beautiful. Like nice. the cell shading, it's it's really. I mean, it was it was a great decision because I know I think they originally started the game without the cell shading, and then they they kind of revamped it and put in the cell shading style, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And the cell shading style works perfectly. Like I mean, awesome. it's, it it reminds me of how like how smart uh, Nintendo was to have Zelda Wind Waker be cell shaded, just because I think that style works mm-hmm. a lot better. Especially when you're comparing it to, you know, these beautiful HD games. Like, definitely if you've played Borderlands at all, I, I haven't, but I've seen a lot of the game. Uh, it looks like that kind of visual style. Cool. And it's nice. just very clean, very crisp. Frame rate's great. Really, the only problem I have about that is that there's a lot of uh, elevator-like load sequences. Like, you'll go, or I guess Metroid Prime-like load sequences. Because it'll be like, you'll go to a door and activate it to open, and then you'll, like, sit there for, like, uh, uh, I think upwards of 30 seconds. Oh my gosh! Sometimes, sometimes it, well, I mean, I mean that's like, well, no, that's that's definitely, I'm over overshooting it. But okay, still, 30 there's, there's, seconds there's, is uh, unacceptable. Yeah. Occasionally, you will wait 10, 15 seconds, something like that. Like, that, this is, I'm probably still even overshooting it. Most of the time, it's usually like five seconds, and you're going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it it reminds me a lot of Metroid Prime. The more I think about it, and that sometimes in Metroid Prime, it would just be like a slight delay, and other times you'd be like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Especially sure. in Prime Three. Yeah, Prime Oops, Three a lot of that. Oh, oh, let's restart. But, what? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Uh, I hit the ho-oh with too much attack and died before I could put it to sleep. Oh, you jackass. You were playing Pokemon the whole time. I was totally... Just, just... Last... Shut up! 
What? What? Lori gets on the show and you play Pokemon? No, I actually really? listened to her. It's when you got back on. Ah, I... <laughs> oh, you dick. <laughs> All right. Well, now let's let's move on to Pokemon. Like, well, I'll just I'll just close that Red Steel too. It's really fucking good. If if you were interested in the game at all, I highly consider I actually, thinking about yeah, buying it or at least playing it's, it. It's on my short list now. Yeah. Like I I definitely like. I mean. If you were kind of like, eh, like, you can wait on it. It'll be there, but you should definitely check it out. It's a fantastic game. I don't see myself buying any new games anytime soon, but I think yeah, it's I mean, be... that's kind of what I'm into, so that's why I'm not, like, go out and buy it now. Because I'm like, hell, if if I didn't review it, I probably wouldn't be going out to buy it no matter what I heard. So. Well, I'm thinking mm-hmm. this might prompt my Gamefly return. My, yeah, my yeah return that's actually, to, uh, Gamefly. I have Assassin's Creed 2 on 360 waiting for me on my Gamefly. Yeah. But... Dude, that game uh, so I got Prototype, which is pretty cool. Oh, dude, Very good. Prototype is awesome. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. But anyway, let's talk about Pokemon, which is the other, the last review that we will be talking about and what you're reviewing, and what has become a, a pretty epically long segment. I mean, thanks to Lauren's, uh, what was that, like five, ten minutes on on rooms? But it was so enjoyable. I, it always is. Like course, Lauren is a, is a wizard with words. That's, that's how <laughs> I fell in love with her. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Wherever you are, upstairs. Screw you, ho ho! <laughs> packing. <laughs> I thought you said screw you, ho, and I was like, what was Zach? <laughs> well, if, if you can't tell by, by Zach's cries at his ho ho, he has Pokemon Heart Gold. And I have the, the Lugia the Lugia edition, which is uh, Pokemon Soul Silver. And we've been, uh, we've been working on the review. It should be going up soon. Uh, probably before you hear this, the review will be up, and we're both, you know, pretty pretty smitten with Pokemon. I I've actually never played Gold and Silver, but I was really excited for Heart Gold and Soul Silver because I always heard of how great Gold and Silver were. And oh my I, gosh, he's down to one HP. I am a lucky bastard. <laughs> As someone who's <laughs> never played Pokemon before, tell me what the difference is between this new Gold and Silver. And like Diamond and Pearl that came out a couple years ago. There isn't one. Um, Besides the Pokemon in the game, I I understand that they had different. As, as far as Pokemon. the differences, I actually, I mean, I think Zach probably did the same thing because I know you traded Pokemon there. But the interface in Golden's in Heart Gold and Soul Silver is way way better. It is, yeah. And that's that's kind of a small that's small potatoes in all honesty. But I just the interface in Heart Gold and Soul Silver they were they refined it to close to perfection. Mm-hmm. I I love the interface. The graphics don't really look different at all. No, uh, it's the if same. There's any, if there's anything, the it's negligible. Um, your Pokemon can now walk behind you, which they only did before in Pokemon Yellow, which is kind of cool and kind of goes along with the whole Pokewalker thing, yeah. which the Pokewalker is really cool. It's I a, love it. It's a little, the little Pokeball-looking pedometer thing that, you know, you can you can have a Pokemon go for a stroll. You can find, um, you know, Pokemon. Rare items and Pokemon. And, yeah. yeah, rare items. Um, but it's, it's, and it gets you to walk the, your dog for like another block. Yeah. It'll get you to be like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll walk a little farther today. <laughs> Indeed. And you collect Watts. You can unlock new routes. You can find, yeah, you can find Pokemon that you can't find anywhere else. I know, uh, it's reading that Jirachi, which you can get from uh, GameStop, unlocks a different Pokemon route, which, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot there. And this also has all of the gym leaders from Red and Blue or right. Fire Red there's and like Green. A second, this is from Gold and Silver. There's like a second yeah. quest. Yeah, you, you go back through the original area and you fight the gym leaders in reverse order. And then you fight Red from Pokemon. Right, and Red he's like blue. uber tough. Yeah. 
because he has blast always Charizard everybody. Heck yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, it's Pokemon. If you if you like Pokemon, it's what to get. If you've never tried Pokemon before and you're interested in it, this is the one to get. It's Now's the, the time. It's the yeah. new hotness. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a remake of what many consider to be the best Pokemon game ever. So. No, I will. Like I really... will say one thing though, and I touched on this in in the review that me and Neil wrote. HMs. God, I hate those HMs. They're so they, old. They really are terrible. They need to go away. Uh, for you know what HMs are, right, Andy? Um, no, I don't think I do actually. I played the only Pokemon experience I have is I played about the first three hours of, I think it was Diamond. Okay, and HM is a is a it's like a TM. It's like a it's a move that you can teach your Pokemon, and it has um overworld uses. Yeah, like. Like, um, fly can be used to, it's you know, warp. warp anywhere around the world. Okay. Cut will cut trees down. Surf okay. will go on water, etc. So on. Right. And, and there are eight of them. There used to be only four. But there's eight of them, and each HM takes up a permanent space in your Pokemon's four moves. Okay. So, it, it, and those moves really have very little... Battle use. Surf, surf, surf is, is pretty pimp. Surf and fly are great. Yeah. I will and say Dig's that. pretty good too, but Dig's not an Dig's HM. Not an HM. So. Uh, yeah. so you either have to kind of make HM slaves, which are Pokemon that only know HM moves, and sure, drag sure. them around like everywhere you go, or uh, you have to permanently your weekend. entire party yeah. with at least one right. move. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. And they just keep piling them on in every game. Yeah. Are there any new ones in Heart, Gold, and Silver? Silver or is it no. just the same crap from Diamond and Pearl? Same stuff from Diamond and Pearl. Although not as much of it. Yeah, yeah, I remember Diamond and Pearl, like, that got absurd. It really did. Like, that was the, that was the first time that I, I hated HMs, because in, the, in Red and Blue, they weren't really intrusive. Well, there were only four. Yeah, I mean, that's why. Yeah. I just think it's, like, stuff with cut, like, it should be, like, you cut down a tree, that tree is gone forever. Oh, I know, right? But I, I totally oh, agree with that. But before we get too ranty on Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, we should probably uh move along to the downloads. Yay. And let's start off with the cool shit, which pretty much all of that is on WeWare. Um we got Cave Story from Nicholas, which that's going to be our next newscast game club game, but we're not gonna talk about it this week. I got it's last awesome. in two days. Yep, and Zach's on the review, so he'll, he has even more reason to play it. I have not touched it at all. I downloaded it before the show. I booted it up to nice. kind of see what it looked like, but I didn't play it for more than a few minutes. I think it looks it's really a, cool. It's a, it's, yeah. it's an excellent game. It's well worth well worth the uh, the download if you're interested in a Metroid-style game, I would say. And also on WiiWare, we have Rage of the Gladiator from Ghostfire Games, which I'm on the review for, and I've been playing a little bit of. I still need to play more of it, but it's it's... Uh, the, the company described it as a fantasy-based punch-out, which is pretty much par for the course right now. But, uh, <laughs> I know there's there's uh, there's 10, or I think there's 11 bosses, and it basically has kind of the same style of punch-out, or at least the one for Wii, although this was, I think, in development before that was even announced, uh, where you have, you fight 10 bosses, then fight them even harder, and then there's a secret final boss. Oh. But the bosses are really cool. There's surprisingly good production values in this game. Cool. And the, it's a lot more interactive. Like, the first guy you fight, 
it, it's got a lot of voice acting too, which is really impressive for a WiiWare game. I know this this company just seemed to figure out how to squeeze everything in the forty the forty megabyte uh, limit. But like the first boss that you fight is like this orc-looking creature who uh, used to be this great fighter, but then he drank a bunch of mead and then he got lazy. But <laughs> there's like three phases to every fight. And the first phase is usually pretty normal. Then the second phase gets a little crazier. And the third phase is usually bonkers. For instance, this guy just became huge in the third stage. Um, which, I mean, I've never seen anything like that in Punch-Out! before. There's another, there's like a Gorgon that you fight against that, you know, uses, like, will back off and then swing the tail at you. Uh, one of the cooler ones that I saw was a Snake Charmer. That you would, basically the way that you would dodge would be determined on if a snake was out then, because if you dodged to one side and there was a snake out, the snake would hit you. Huh. But That's it's, cool. it's, it's a pretty neat game. The only problem that I have with it is I don't know why it supports Motion Plus. Um, we did huh. an interview with them, and in the interview, I uh, stealthily asked the same question that we asked uh, the Red, in our Red Steel 2 interview, which is about, you know, how does the sword swinging translate to Motion Plus in a first-person shooter was it difficult to do? In which the, the answer in the Red Steel 2 interview was very insightful, talked about how it was very difficult, and they had to do a lot to do it, and, you know, it's it was, it was very challenging. In the Rage of the Gladiator interview, I believe what they said was something along the lines of that, like, well, we boiled down Motion Plus into just four directions. <laughs> and really, all you can do in this game, it's not like Red Steel 2 where it does matter. Like, if you swing on a diagonal, it will represent that. In this, pretty much, you swing Motion Plus, there's Left, right, up, down. That that's it. That that's what Motion Plus is used for. And it why just, do you need Motion Plus for that? I I don't really know why. I mean, I, I guess it's it responds better for Motion Plus, but it's pretty much the same. It, it's it's like what I complained about in my Racket Sports review recently, which also uses Motion Plus. Is that Motion Plus in that game basically just functions as a button? Right. Because right. it's like if you have it tilted to the right, it'll slice, and if you hmm. don't have it tilted to the right, it won't. It just fun functions as a button. Which right, to right. me kind of defeats the purpose of Motion Plus. Yeah. Other, I would other than that, the game pretty much just controls like Punch Out. My only other complaint would be is that the boss fights are a little too long because they all have three phases, and you just get like kind of it's like I mean not that you get bored, but you're just like really this is still going on. Whereas <laughs> in the Punch Out, in Punch Out usually that the fights were a little more uh, better paced. Sure. Sure. But the full review of that will probably be coming out after PAX, mainly because I don't have any freaking time. Just real quick here, I'm seriously, he's got one HP and he's asleep, and no Pokeball will contain him. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, the final WiiWare game is Triple Shot Sports from the Code Monkeys LTD. Um, this basically just looks like a shooting gallery. Yeah. Where uh, there, there's three games... I don't really have much to say about it. It's 500 points. And Cave Story is 12 bucks, by the way. It's 1,200 points. And Rage of the Gladiator is $10. Castlevania Rondo of Blood came out on Virtual Ooh. Console. I bought this. I actually played played this for, for a bit the other day. Yeah. About two levels in or so. Um, good. It's, uh, it's, it's not quite, quite what I was expecting. I think it actually... It, Feels more like Symphony of the Night than I was expecting, which is kind of surprising. I know, right? Because um, of those branching paths and all the sprites well, I was just, are. Thrown. I was even thinking, yeah, just in terms of aesthetics, it just kind of feels like Symphony of the Night. Um, it's fun. I mean, it, it definitely feels different than than other older Castlevania games. Like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel quite as quite as responsive. The controls feel a little, a little. Um, 
I don't know. It's not not quite as immediate to me, but the, that also might be yeah, because my TV. They're, they're not okay. It's not just me then. Um, I always wonder if my TV has a has a LCD lag problem or if I'm always imagining it. Um, but but you know, it's 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 a lot of fun. It, the the music is. I know uh, Johnny talked about this on RFN, saying he was a little disappointed by the music, but I thought you know. For what for, for for a game that that's that old, it actually sounds pretty good. I mean, sure, it doesn't sound like orchestral CD music nowadays, but but it still the the, the tunes are, are really quite catchy. Yeah, I really like I like the tunes in that game, and and I like the aesthetic. It's a little bright. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's difficult. I found it to be considerably more difficult than other Castlevania games of of that era. Like I can I can pick up Castlevania three today and still play two or three levels in before I'm all, all that worried about dying. But I found myself dying several times already on the second level of the game. Oh yeah, it's it's a tough one. It really is. But it's it's it's, it's a good game. I'm I'm glad it's finally here. It sucks that it cost a couple couple extra hundred points for the uh, import and CD tax. But but you know what? I'm I'm glad it's finally here. It's yeah. uh, it's well, it's way overdue. Definitely is, definitely is. And, and if you're a Castlevania fan, I think it's one of the best older school uh, Castlevania games. Yeah, I'm definitely considering on picking it up. I was actually probably gonna pick it up if I had leftover money from Cave Story, but Ooh, as I an, did not. As <laughs> an aside, I downloaded this on oh, it came out what week ago Monday. I, yeah. I downloaded it, downloaded it last week sometime, and I saw for the very first time ever the Mario and Luigi swimming download animation. Oh, you know, I yeah, saw I've that with Cave times. Story. I have never seen that before in my life. I've I seen it so many times. I thought it was added. Like, I thought maybe there was an update while I wasn't no, paying attention. No, I saw that, like, first month. Like, I Googled it to figure out when they did a, did a channel update without me paying attention. I Guys, I have, like... Six or seven pages worth of downloadable games on my on oh my, my SD card shit. menu. How have I never seen this before? <laughs> like this is ridiculous. I can't believe that it took this I mean, long every, to get that. Everyone always shits on the, the loading screen, and I wish there was just a progress bar. But at the same time, it always kind of makes me chuckle. I like whenever I Fire like Mario it. pops up, and I can just hit the A button. I know that like that when it just what happens when you hit the A button? Oh no! If you're Fire Mario, when you hit the A button, you'll shoot a fireball. Really? I've yeah. never yeah. done that before. Like I kind of understand the annoyance when it just hits the coin block over and over and over again, but but yeah, I always really thought the the uh, the, the progress meter on the download was actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and I I was freaking out when I saw that the Mario and Luigi swimming one. I like Googled it, and then I saw a forum post back in like '08 that someone said they saw it, and I was like, what? I, I completely <laughs> was was shocked by that. And that's that's the kind of thing that shocks me nowadays. I guess is new loading animations. I'm curious though. I actually is there there is a a thing that determines yes, what screen you get? Yes, there is. It's like a yeah. 5% chance you'll get the Mario swimming. Okay, so there's a likelihood for each screen, basically. It's the yeah. same It's the same percentage of capturing Ho-Oh with a Ultra Ball oh when God. he has 1 HP and is asleep. Zach, I think you need help. He killed, so all, he killed all my Pokemon, damn it! You don't have to catch them all. Yes, it's a I lie. do. Uh, on, on DSiWare, this, uh, this past two weeks... Uh, the, the first game is Drift Street International from Tantalus, which is 800 Nintendo DSi points. Um, it's 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 a racing game. It appears to be like a you know um, a street racing game where you can drift and all that all that kind of good stuff. There's head-to-head wireless races, four players. Don't know if it's single or multi-card. Usually they don't even specify that. Did you watch don't. any uh, any video of this, Neil? 
Um, I did. It it looked it looked pretty nice. Supposedly, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the draw distance takes uh, full advantage. It's only possible with the DSi ha- hardware. Right. They they made a comment in the uh, the press release about how like this game pushes the DSi hardware uh, particularly hard. So I was kind of yeah. curious how it looked. Yeah, I guess if you're interested in you know those kind of street racing games, I guess something similar to you know PGR or Forza or something along those lines, then. You have a DSI. If you have a DSI, then maybe check this out. It's eight bucks. Hmm. And uh, the next game that we have is Libera Wing from Pixel Federation, which is a one-player game. That's a tower defense game, right? Yeah, that, that, that's what it looks to be. Uh, did you see a video on this? No, I just wrote the post about it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Tower defense style action strategy game. It's eight bucks. There's 36 story levels and 24 quick play levels waiting for you. So. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that I know uh, Starship Defense is is five bucks and is also a tower defense yeah. game with I think about yeah. the same amount of comment content, uh, I can't vouch for the quality of this. But Libera Wing is is the name of the game. Hmm. And then for two hundred points each, we have three Game and Watch titles: uh, Mario Cement Factory, Game and Watch Chef, and Game and Watch Judge, which they're all based on the original titles. Judge is multiplayer. The other two are single player. So there's that. Yes. But and, and Chef is actually uh, an unlockable and personal trainer cooking. So if oh, you already cool. have that, you can, you can use that. And um, as far as the, the week before, we had Zoo Frenzy, which is uh, from Gameloft. And it appears to be like kind of like a, a SimCity Zoo kind of game. Which yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can honestly not care less about, but that's just me. Frenzy might be overstating it. Yes, uh, $5. Um, you can uh, you know, take a picture and put yourself in the game, which I guess is kind of cool. Then there's 101 Mini Golf World from Taon. It's up to eight players. It's $5. And it's one of the first ever 3D miniature golf games for the DSiWare service. Oh, um, 3D. Use the cool. stylus to putt. Um, and the, you can do it with eight players on one system, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, definitely. I'm a big fan of when DSi games actually have multiplayer that you would, or just DS games period, have multiplayer that you would actually play. Because, sorry, uh, if this was a cartridge game, or even a DSi game, not going to have eight friends to buy 101 Mini Golf World. Make it single card, or put it on one system. Or pass the DS, yeah. Yeah. And that's five bucks from Taon, which they've, they've done a lot of stuff on DSiWare. And uh, we also have Battle of Giants Dinosaurs Fight for Survival. What? Zach, are you alive? Dinosaurs. What? You know, there's like a whole DS series. Battle I know of Battle Giants, of the dinosaur. Giant something, but dinosaurs? Or maybe it was dragons. Well, this one's dinosaurs, and it's $8, one to two players. Long before mankind stepped into the world, the Earth was a harsh environment dominated by dinosaurs. Every Indeed species of dinosaurs had to fight to survive in this hostile environment. Can... The hostile lance is one of three breeds of dinosaur while battling giant enemies to save your kind. Create nice. and customize your own unique dinosaur. Explore four mysterious territories and discover buried fossils to complete your mission. Enhance your dinosaur's abilities and compete against your friends in epic duels. Nice. But, I, like how, I like how the press release says that every dinosaur had to fight for survival and you get to choose from three of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's life. And that's <laughs> it's a, a DSI dinosaurs. Might have to get that just because it has dinosaurs in it. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm, I'm glad we mentioned it. And uh, the, the last game for the past two weeks is Carjack Streets from Tag Games. It's $8, rated T for Teen. Um, it, it appears to be some sort of uh, 
like Grand Theft Auto game, but I think you just focus on jacking cars and like it's stuff like I watched a video for it and it showed a character like walking around, he collected a disguise and then he wore a disguise and he snuck in and uh, he stole a car. That sounds but fascinating. It appears to be, it, it appears to be like I, I can't vouch for its quality, but if you're looking for a Grand Theft Auto game, this this might be better than Cop the Recruit. Nothing is but better like, than Cop the Recruit. I kind of feel like it would be hard to fit any sort of decent GTA game within the uh, file size limits imposed by DSiWare. Um, yeah. But but I don't know. I'm 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 liking the fact that they're they're trying. That's, sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A for effort. Yeah. And on the, on the retail side, uh, we already talked about Rooms the Main Building and Red Steel 2. But we also have Fragile Dreams, Farewell Ruins of the Moon, which is that, I guess it's it's sort of an RPG from uh, Exceed, or it's developed by Tri-Crescendo. And yeah, sort of, a, here. sort of a poke-apocalyptic kind of, kind of yes. deal. Yes, I think it, yeah. it seems like it's comparable a little bit to maybe how uh, like Silent Hill Shattered Memories controls. I know you use a flashlight uh, in the game. Sure, yeah. And supposedly there's a heavy emphasis on story. And the buzz it, that I've heard about it is that the story's pretty cool, but I think there's a clumsy inventory system, something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I didn't get but, a particularly good review in, in uh, the latest issue of, of Nintendo Power. And I know also Neil, that... Neil. Uh, yeah? When, uh, when Arceus comes down from the heavens in Kanto, what do you call that? And lays ruin to the land. I, I do not know. The Pokepocalypse. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, God. Did that just happen? It did just happen. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> but, I turned uh, off fragile the dreams. Fragile, fragile Dreams, Farewell, Ruins of the Moon. Uh, supposedly people are having a lot of trouble finding it, though. Which, that, that sucks. Yeah. I think uh, some people were looking for it when it came out, and they could not find it. On DS, uh, this weekend, we have a double double, a double a dose of Nintendo goodness, or a triple dose if you want to count the DSi XL, huh. which comes out this Sunday. Um, we got WarioWare DIY and America's Test, Test Kitchen Let's Get Cooking, which is pretty much an unofficial sequel to Personal Trainer Cooking with more American foods. Yeah, I'll be getting this in for a review probably in the next uh, next few days. Nice. Yeah. And I think, I, I think instead of reviewing it, I'm, I'm going to do sort of a, a blog Maybe a video blog or a photo blog or maybe just a, write, a writing blog. Probably some sort of multimedia That'd be cool. extravaganza. I'd like to see a video I, blog of you following its directions to cook a meal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what, kind of what I'm gonna do. Let's we'll, we'll see. I, I did have personal trainer cooking. I don't have it anymore. I kind of just I, I had it for a while, then I traded it in after I made like two meals with it. I found <laughs> I was I was mostly the attracted. The meal selection was kind of crappy. It was kind of crappy, and I was kind of attracted more than anything else to the idea of being able to use the voice control on it. And I knew full well going into it that I had been warned that it didn't work all that well, but oh, it man, it, it really doesn't like the second anything happens in the room at all. Even if you like, just get a bowl out, it starts reading you the next step. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping they've, they've improved the interface a little bit, but, but the, 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 the first product was good. And I'm hoping that the second product will, uh, will live up to the first product. Yeah. And uh WarioWare DIY uh, also came in with America's Test Kitchen and that's being sent out to Pedro Hernandez, mm. who I'm sure we'll have the review up sometime within the next week or so. Boy, wonder uh, why they didn't ship me that review. <laughs> Cuz it'd just be a lot of dicks. Whole lot. It would be <laughs> WarioWare DIY dick in you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. It would. <laughs> Um, also, Imagine Gymnast from Ubisoft came out, 
whoop-de-doo, uh, rooms to main building for DS, let's draw, which, so, uh, Andy, you put let's draw on the list. What's, what's it about? Uh, it's based on a, a Japanese book series that allows you to, uh, draw by combining shapes. It's, it's, I don't know, it's more of a learning tool than a game, I think. It's, it's got a very youth-oriented uh, aesthetic to it. Um, okay. For the I, I kids. It's, it's it's brought to you by Majesco. So if you <laughs> like sure youth oriented Japanese translated Majesco titles, this is right up your alley. And so who wouldn't? poorly translated <laughs> poorly translated Majesco titles. You draw says, here uh, now. Yeah. It says there are ten fun filled mini games such as car racing or air hockey. So I love the English <laughs> right. cooking mama games. Or wacky mole. So if you want to, if you're interested in any of those three examples of ten fun-filled mini games, you are well on your way to a successful purchase. All right, yes. and, and the other games that we got, we got Spectre Force Genesis, which is being published by Ignition, and I believe it's a strategy RPG. Uh, don't know too much strategy about that. Strategy uh, War. Yeah, RPG, yeah, I, whatever it is. I yeah, and Shin Megami earlier. Tensei: Strange Journey, which is from Atlas, and is the next mainline game in the Shin Megami Tensei series, which. Uh, this is, I think, the first one to be on a portable, and it's on DS. I thought it was it's gonna. I thought it was gonna be a reboot for some reason. No, no, it's just it's. I think it's a sequel. Was it Devil's Nocturne or Devil's? No, no, Devil's Summoner was the DS game that came out last year. Oh. I think Devil's Nocturne is the previous mainline game in the series, maybe. Okay. But this follows a story which is about demons and shit, and this one has, I think, you going up to. Alaska, or, and, oh no, I think it's just like the Arctic, and then you find demons there. Right. Yeah. It, and, was and it Shin you... Megami Tensei that a few years ago was all the controversy where kids were like shooting themselves in the head? Yeah, uh, Persona 3, which oh, Persona is a series. Right. Never mind. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3, but I don't know, this this series, I think there's a Retronauts on it, which I highly recommend to listen to if you're interested in. But basically, the series, um, it started off sometime in the early to mid-90s, I think. And what happened is, as I, they, they, I think there's only been like four or five mainline games, but the, there's been a lot of other games in the series. And I know the, the Persona series was an offshoot that actually, I think, became more popular than the actual series. Yeah. yeah. Persona 3 was very well received, and that's the one where, in order to like trigger like your demon or whatever, you would your character would shoot themselves in the head. In, in battle. Interesting. So like a turn-based RPG. Wow. And uh, Persona 4 came out, and that was very well-received, and this is uh, Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey, which looks pretty cool. Our RPG guy, uh, James Jones, is on the review, so expect to hear more about RPGs and shit from him on RFN and in text form. Right on, right on. Yeah, and that's, that's the last of the new releases. Uh, well, we also have the well, DSi then, XL, yeah. which we mentioned. What about DSi the freaking huge? The giant thing that's coming out on Sunday. Yeah, the DSi XL, the freaking huge. Did you guys catch that there was a, a letter indirectly directed toward us on the latest issue or episode, or maybe not latest, but on a recent episode of of RFN? There, there no? was. Yeah, someone someone wrote into RFN uh, saying that they did not necessarily appreciate the the idea that the DSi XL was. Intended solely for the the elderly and hard of seeing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I do remember that. And you know what? I mean, that's a that's a fair criticism, I suppose. I I still think that's what they're that's going they're, after. That's who they're marketing it to. Yeah, in all honesty, I mean, well, I'm not saying it's exclusively for that. I think the system 
has a far has a wider reach for that. But as far as Nintendo's marketing and PR focus, that's what it's on. I actually saw a uh, comparison picture of a DSi game being played next to the same game on DSi XL. Looked terrible on DSi XL. Yeah, like I mean, it's, everything it's was large stretched out or whatever. I mean, that's really. I mean, there's no way to go around it. It might not be intent. Like, I could argue that you know other people could derive enjoyment from it, but it's the large print version of the DSi. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's kind of exactly. what it seems like to me. And there I mean, are people that will read large print books even though they don't really necessarily need to. They just like yeah. it, and that's fine. Sure. If you're into that, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I but am with keep you in that. mind, it's hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. That, that's the thing that really gets me. And, oh my god! And like yeah. we said before, that has a lot more to do with the DSI being overpriced than it does the sure. DSI XL yeah. being overpriced. I, I really, I um, think it would have been very smart to drop the DSI to 150 and have the DSI XL be at 170. But I feel like we talked about this. Like, yeah, we've already gone over this. Go. But well, but, let's uh, let's move yeah, let, past. Let, let's past close the it up. Uh, before we go, I'm going to remind you all that Game Club number three, Cave Story. Uh, is underway. We still need to make a forum thread for it. Hopefully, that'll be up before you even hear this. It's totally and we'll worth be it, talking about We will be talking about it on the next newscast. Um, we're we not record. talking about it today because we didn't really have enough time to put too much time into it. And, yeah, we yeah, record on Wednesday, so it's it's May seventh is when you want to get your forum comments in. Wait, uh, May seventh. Or full like wow, sorry, from now. April seventh. <laughs> <laughs> April seventh. I, yes. I want to. I do want to uh, throw one quick apology out there. We completely forgot to put uh, forum quotes in the Mega Man Ten right. Game Club episode. Uh, neither of us, th- none of us, thought about it, and I didn't didn't dawn on me until I was editing it the was, episode. I, I think we were all very tired at the end of that. Yeah, episode. yeah. Um, I remember. Episode. I was I was but exhausted. Understand that we meant to, and we'll go back to doing that in the next uh, Game Club. So please discuss the game in the thread, and we'll put we'll, we'll pick out a few forum quotes, and we'll put them in the episode on April seventh. When we record it, uh, so yeah, that was just a one-time, one-time fluke that none of us managed to catch. Yeah, yes. they were they were even in the show notes. We stare, we're staring right at them. I don't know what happened there. That was bizarre. <laughs> we were t- I think we were all very tired. I think yeah, was, I know it was a long day for me. I assume Clearly. it was a long day for everyone else as well. Clearly. And also, uh, gonna I figure we'll talk about. I'm going to. I'm shipping off to Pax East tomorrow. Uh, really? What are you doing is, there? Um, I will be going there. <laughs> Actually, I was planning to go there for PAX East in general. Um, I'm I'm in Jersey, so the drive up right to Boston on. is about you know four and a half, five hours. It's not too bad. Drive up to um, ba- Boston. Yeah, Boston. drive to Boston. That's a wicked Shipping awesome drive. Boston. It's wicked hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Boston. At first, I was just gonna. It was probably just gonna be uh, me and Lauren going up there. Um, but thanks that Radio Free Nintendo are uh, I guess are androgynous. Elder podcasts. What? I know. I know. I, I, I guess they're brothers. I mean, we don't want to be gender. There are no women gender on the show, here. unless you count James. Uh, oh, oh, we love you, James. We'll, we'll see if he listens. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I like. I like doing this test. <laughs> yeah, we haven't um, gotten any emails about about the uh, the game club from staff yet. That's yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's there's going to be a Radio Free Nintendo panel there, um, and it's going to be really cool. They're going to have it's going to be Johnny, John, James. Sadly, no Greg because he's off in you know the United Kingdom. He's um, a little far away. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was it was tough for him to you know make the trip over here. It was kind of shortish notice. Um, also, Carl and 
Carl Castaneda and Mike Sklens will be there as That's well awesome. on the panel. Carl's Old school Carl represent. Guy. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to meet Carl and Mike. I've, I've, I've been a fan for a while because, I mean, really, RFM was the first podcast I even listened to. So yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Mm. I listened to and, the show uh, for a long time with Carl and Mike as the two, as the two main hosts. So. Yeah, and, and Jared that's Rosenberg. Awesome. From uh, NWR will also be going up there, so we're gonna we're gonna be uh, rolling pretty deep into into PAX East, so that, that's pretty awesome. No, I'm, that's, I'm very that's totally excited. Awesome. I'm I'm very jealous, and and uh, that'll be a hoot. I want to meet all those yeah. guys. I didn't get to meet. Well, I guess I've met him at E3, but I never got to meet John and yeah. Or Carl. I mean, I've known Carl for years, but I've never met him in person. He's yeah, because cool then you guys used to do a Game Informer podcast together? Yeah, we did. Like, he had his own Game Informer podcast, and then he'd have, he wouldn't have guests on very often, but I got to guest on it twice. And that was my first, intro, my introduction to podcasts. Yeah, because I remember he would always rave about, like, like Zach Miller is gold. And then we had <laughs> you on, like, you were on RFN at E3, and it, it was gold. Pokemon I about gold. That. I think we were all exhausted. I don't know if I was gold on that. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean honestly, I, I, from hearing uh, how, how much Carl raved about you and then, you know, meeting you at E3, that's part of the reason why I was like, you know what, let's get Zach on for an episode of Newscast when I first did it. Well, I'm glad I made and, a good impression. Let's yes, and, and, and now now you're on the regular cast, which is which is fantastic. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, but, uh, but actually, let me let me tell you, though, Neil, um, Andy, you're not going, are you? Or are you? I am not going to PAX, okay, sadly. Well, well Neil, um, wear, like, a football uniform. With padding yeah, and everything, because, because I, I know it's I know it's sold out, and actually that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that it's sold out. I don't know how much fun I'm gonna have in that regard. Not that I'm like you know claustrophobic or anything, but I just know this shit gets intense. Friggin' crowded, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And what yeah. I know, what I noticed, I went to PAX two years ago. I blogged yeah, was, about it, was, it but, didn't but, I? I blogged every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was it was 08. It was yeah, 08. maybe it was 08, but. Um, it was fun, but it's something I'll never do again because, uh, it's, it's always a room full of people. You're never not in a room full of people. And when you go to see like a screening of a game, like I went to see Fallout 3 and a bunch of others, like you get there two hours in advance and you sit in line and you sit there and you wait for it. And then if you're too far back in the line, you can't get in because the theater's full. No. So oh, it's sucks. a whole lot of sit, hurry up and wait is what it is. Yeah. You know, so I, I will well, go I will again. probably I'm... be playing a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> no, 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 that's the other problem. That's the other problem. When you're sitting in line uh, and everyone else is whipping out their DSs and their PSPs, there are so many signals crossing that the frame rate drops to like four frames a second. <laughs> what really? Well, I mean, I'm no, not gonna play so, yeah, online. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, if you don't play online, sure, it's great. But oh, I thought you meant like the like the the electronic signals were like mixing, like screwing up your video. No, I meant the Wi-Fi signals. I was like, if wow, really? Play, yeah. If you try to play Wi-Fi, even with the guy sitting next to you, you can't do it. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but that, yeah, if that you want to play Pokemon by yourself, sure, you could catch them all yeah. sitting in line for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, uh, I know Nintendo's going to be there. I'm really holding out for Super Mario Galaxy 2 and Metroid Other M to be there. But yeah. I don't know. And also, trying to play that would probably be hell. But totally worth it. I wish I was cases. going. It, w- it would be a blast to go see the RFM panel and to yeah. meet all the other staffers and all the yeah. listeners who are going to be there. I, but... I'm really, I'm more excited like to check out the panels and really just hang yeah. out with everyone. 
yeah. don't know how much news we're actually going to... I don't think there will really be any breaking news out of PAX. No, um, I there know isn't. As, as far as 360 PS3 goes, I know Skate 3 will be there and Red Dead Redemption, which I might actually try to check out Red Dead Redemption. Cause I'm yeah, that looks kind of cool. And Skate 3, I mean, that, that seems to be one of the big... That's one of the big games that... I mean, that and Red Dead Redemption yeah. are the two big games that haven't come out yet that I know are going to be there. Also, uh... We already have a video interview lined up with the developers behind Frobot, which is a WiiWare game in which you play a robot with an afro. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we'll have that, and we'll have a lot more content coming out of there. I think it's going to be a lot more. Does a little chocobo live in his afro? I, I hope not. Yes. <laughs> Confirmed. I think I think uh, if you're looking what to expect from PAX, which you might already be seeing what we're doing there. Uh, just kind of more fun things. I don't think there's going to be a lot of breaking news, maybe not even that much game impressions, but we're going to make news, damn it. Well, you'll have to say hi to, the, hi to the RFN guys for us. Yes, I will. Yes, uh, indeed. And, and I don't know, that, that's about it. Uh, I got I got nothing. So uh, Yeah, enjoy it. I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys post-PAX, and I'll play Cave Story, possibly while I'm even there, because I'm going to play Wii. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well... Have a good time yeah. at PAX. We'll, yeah. we'll catch you on the other side. I Looking will. forward and to, I'll, to I'll hearing see you how guys, it goes. I'll talk to you guys again, probably on email, but in, per- in, in person on Skype. We'll talk in two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yes, Bye, we everybody. We'll, we'll talk later. Yeah. Right. See you guys. Adios. Bye. Bye. Shipping up to Boston, whoa!